0: Great Scott show. Somebody call her that's terrible. She can't only think that stop catching otters that talk, eh, whatever it stands for. It's Scott Trather on ESPN 1420.
1: Welcome back into the great Scott show. The great sports callers open think tank as promised. Joining me now, Ollie Cassell friend of the program for years. Now friend of mine, editor in chief of the bird rights covering the Pelicans um, Ollie, First off, man. Good morning. Appreciate you waking up. you.
0: Good morning, Scott. I'm doing well. Um, yesterday was an event filled day. Pelicans didn't hit hit the home run that everybody wanted to see, but I think more moves are still coming.
1: Yeah. Let's 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 try to break that down. Well, before we break that down, in terms of potentially more moves coming, and and a lot of the. What ifs and, and basically why they maybe included a first round pick in the sign and trade for Graham, which I, I admit I was a little upset about, but I, I am still reserving judgment to see what comes next. Um, I think, Ali, to me, last night was a reminder that it kind of what I already knew. Like, if the Pelicans want to add, add a, a, I won't even say all-star, but let's just say all-star caliber type of player. Um, They have to do it either via the draft or trade. Um, Probably not going to happen in free agency. I'm sure that they made some offers uh, with Plan A to some guys that ended up elsewhere, whether it be Lowry. I don't know. There was a little chatter about Chris Paul. Who knows? But, like, it it doesn't seem like in terms of free agency – even with a Zion and and a BI and what seems like a team that could have a bright future, it's uh, at this point in time, a, a top destination. Um, If, if, if money is the same, right. Between two teams offering, um, am I off base in that belief? Not that last night changed my mind. I mean, I already kind of believe that, but do you think that that's more, um, I don't know. You think that's fact or fiction?
0: I think that's definitely a fact. You're hitting the nail completely on the head. Tuckins, you know, in order to attract, um, those, those bigger names, the ones that really can tip the balance, you've got to prove yourself worthy. And when money is, you know, pretty much equal as you're talking about, even probably a five million dollars more season or so for say a Kyle Lowry. You know, he's going to want to go to where there's winning, where there's friends, where, honestly, it's it's Miami, right? So it's understandable um, that the Pelicans cannot seem to land one of those guys. Uh, and the best way to do it, you touched on it, they've got to start winning. It doesn't matter if they've got Zion and B.I., two two young all-stars who, you know, everybody still talks about their future being bright you've got to prove yourself in this league and the Pelicans have not done that. I mean, they've made what the playoffs twice in the last 10, 11 years. That's just not going to get it done.
1: Lonzo ball. That was the first Pelicans news. It happened. I don't know what it like five Oh one. Um, you know, it was <laughs> yes, the first you know, thing I think was the first thing I saw. Right. On Twitter. <laughs> right. It was like, yeah, not, not like that. That hasn't been, you know, being worked on for a while. Um, but announced he's going to Chicago for your eighty-five million dollar deal, not an offer that the Pelicans could match, but a sign and trade. In return, the Pelicans got um, uh, Thomas Taronsky, who is a ten million a year for this year, and uh, Garrett Temple, who was going to be a free agent, but they signed to a three-year deal, which was guaranteed, and a second-round pick. And I, I, I was, I was. Perhaps hoping for a little more, knowing it was a sign and trade. You know, you probably weren't going to get a first or anything, but maybe another player. Because I, I don't know that Tomas Czeronski will, will be on the Pels next year. I think they might stretch him or get rid of him. And Temple, I like. Look, I like Garrett Temple. It's fine, but then you are like, well, you could have just signed him in free agency. So it, it feels like part of a potential bigger plan. But give me, give me. I, I guess your, your two different thoughts on it. One, the fact that Ball is gone on that contract and what the Pell's got in return, and two, if you feel like there will be more teams added to this sign and trade, perhaps today or tomorrow, that makes it all make a little more sense.
0: Yeah, so with Lonzo Ball going out on that that type of contract, which I thought is reasonable, um, roughly about $20 million or so a year for the next four years, they could have matched that, because his production has been trending up last year, and really just... In general, now the consensus is he's a good player. Uh, he does a lot of good things for you. And the Pelicans, if they're missing out on, say, All Stars or you know, just players that are considered uh, better, why not bring him back? And I, I just feel like last season, I, I think New Orleans finally said, "Look, he, he is improving, but we can't wait on it any longer." And we saw the inconsistencies, right? Uh, he could alternate having a 33-point game to, you know, going two of ten. And when, when you're considered the third best player on a team, you've got to be better. And you you see where the cornerstones are. It's in Zion Bi. So they're living or they're going to live with the uh, growing pains regarding those two players. But to have a third, and when the playoffs is the goal, I just feel like the Pelicans saw the writing on the wall. They just have to grab somebody that's more consistent, more reliable. And really just shake up the starting lineup. Last year, Scott, I don't have to tell anybody, these guys really underperformed um, from start to finish, and especially closing games. They just didn't get it done. So you knew shakeups were coming. David Griffin talked about it. And when you're not moving the cornerstones, you might as well move everybody else. And now the Pelicans are going to have three different starters next year. I agree with you. I was hoping to see Laurie Markinen or maybe Colby White, uh, two young guys that don't really fit in uh, Chicago, especially Markinen. Um, but again, they grabbed a vet, you know, that, that makes sense. His team was lacking in veterans last season. That was really a big talking point. So Garrett temple makes sense. And I'm with you. I think Thomas Satteransky is going to get flipped and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets combined with say Josh Hart and he gets moved for somebody that's making roughly in the neighborhood of 20 million. And you've got to be looking at Sacramento. They've got buddy Heald who they want to get off of their, their books, probably after drafting Davion Mitchell. Or maybe Harrison Barnes, who's long been rumored to get uh, traded.
1: Well, um, more on that in a minute. Ali Cassell, our guest. Uh, The news comes a little later that Devontae Graham is heading to the Pelicans. Um, There was plenty of debate on Twitter. Um, I was debating (laughs) with some listeners. Nice debate. I'm not, you know, I'm not screaming at anyone. Um, But when you see the first-round pick, albeit lottery-protected, it's a it's a sign in trade for a guy that they weren't going to match. Um, you know, there's thoughts that oh they were definitely going to match, so they had to include it. I, I typically when it's a restricted free agent that's being um, you know dealt in a sign in trade, you don't see a team give up a first round, especially a restricted free agent alley. That's not uh, again. I like Graham, uh, especially on a four year, forty seven mm-hmm. million dollar deal. Um, but it's it's not – it's just you don't see teams give up first-round picks. like I, So in my mind, I'm like, look, if you're a, a, a strong GM and you give up seconds, you give up a player that they'll probably stretch that you don't need either, you give up multiple seconds, you don't give up a first that – and, in, in, you know, the, the counter-argument is, I mean, who cares if they, you know, make the playoffs, they'll be drafted in the teens or 20s anyway, and da-da-da. It's not just about a player they could potentially draft. It's about having that as a trade ship. We said earlier, right, what do the Pelicans have to do to land big pieces, either draft them or trade for them? That's the reality. And when you have a trade ship, with a first round pick, that now without any first rounders, you're not allowed to use your 2023 first rounder in negotiations because you're not allowed to have two straight years on the books without a first round pick. Uh, what do you do there? So I that that part of me was you know just scratching my head, and yet I'm sure as you and I will discuss in a minute, there there could be more to this deal. So there's kind of a lot to unpack here. Give me first, Ali, as I'm rambling and you're the guest. Let me let me let me throw it to you. Devonte Graham, uh the player, the fit, I shared my thoughts on the first segment, but i I want your thoughts now on the 26 year old six one point guard
0: Yeah, Devonte Graham is an interesting player because he's been you know playing in relative obscurity being in uh, Charlotte, but I'll tell you what, I think he's he's a pretty darn good player. Um, all the advanced stats love him, and the main reason is he's a really good perimeter shooter. Um, he he he's he's an efficient guy so when when he's putting the ball up, chances are he's getting points producing more points than a guy next to him. What I mean by that is he shoots the three ball at a good clip, shoots the free throw uh, free throws very well and so don't be off put or put off by the uh, low field goal percentage where he's never I think topped over forty percent in his three years so far. It's a fact that, you look at things like true shooting percentage and stuff. And that's what now analytics is focused on maximizing the amount of um, points you get per possession. And he does a very good job of it, but he's the perfect fit along Zion. And I'll, I'll be honest, when you see a guy that can shoot well over 40% on catch and shoots for the last two years, um, a guy who's very efficient with the basketball. I was shocked to see his assist to turnover ratio ranking really right up there with Chris Paul, DeMar DeRozan and Ricky Rubio. And of course, He's a clutch performer. We saw so many games last year, Scott, where we were pulling our hair out by the end because the Pelicans seemed to never be able to close out victories. They were very rare. He comes up big in those moments, and and he likes it. He has that confidence, that persona. If you look at videos and some of the highlights of him on the Internet, it shows this guy. He really gets pumped up for the moment. So New Orleans needed one of those guys, and let's face it, Lonzo wasn't. So I feel like that's part of the reason why – Devonte is now coming in to replace him because he offers similar things to Lonzo in terms of spreading the floor, being um, a good assist-to-turnover type of passer, but it's the fact that he can also close games out, and he's got that kind of a different mentality that I think is what New Orleans was striving for. But you're right. I had to talk though, about You've got to include that first-round pick, and that, sh- that shocked me as well when, when I first saw the news from Adrian Wojnarowski. You're right. You don't usually attach such incredible, good assets to any sign and trade because usually teams will probably be able to sign that player outright. So why give such, you know, send such a nice return back to uh, the previous team of the players. I've got to think that New Orleans did it because this is, this move is really helping them. It's a stepping stone. I think that they probably wanted, they needed to do a sign and trade in order to um, basically fulfill out the rest of their plan that they they're working on. It makes sense for New Orleans to stay over the cap now, they had cap space to sign him, um, Devontae Graham, that is, but they can do more by staying over the cap, and so you have to facilitate a sign-and-trade in instances like that. So, like you said, we've got to wait to see what else is coming, but I'm sure there's going to be more. Uh, the Pelicans are sitting roughly over $30 million under the tax line, so if they can stay over the cap where they never dip below it between the Memphis trades and the Charlotte trade. They'll be able to add a lot more talent because otherwise, if they just stay the cap space route, I think they only have 12, 13, 14 million, somewhere in that range left. Like I said, but if you stay over the cap, you can still play with up to and add over 30 million. So that is what I'm looking at. That's why I think the Pelicans sent out such a valuable asset yesterday.
1: espn 1420 .com is the great Scott Show visiting with Ali Cassell. Um, yeah it 's funny. you see a lot of folks on Twitter explain sign and trades like they like they 're some expert and it 's not common knowledge like yes you don 't get as much in a return it 's the more intricate over the cap rules that you 're referencing that you don 't suddenly see all of these people on Twitter referencing because they have no idea what they 're talking about um, Now you do i mean you you know the rules you know the league, but you know as you said it, if if this is it. And now they just sign someone, or maybe they bring Josh Hart back. And I love Hart, by the way. But if they're just if that's it, then you know I can't. I can't. I mean, it's it's a D, right? Maybe an F. And again, it's not. I again like Graham on that deal, but it's. You're. I don't think you're marginally better than you were last year. Um. I don't. I don't even know that you're necessarily better. That can't be it. Like as you said, including that first round pick, it feels. Like more of this deal is yet to come. Because all of these things are agreed to in principle. And if the Pelicans are operating over the cap and they can absorb Graham's contract into a trade exception, which you get, you can't do if he's just a restricted free agent, and you you know, you tender and then sign, um, you can't do some of the other things they're likely wanting to do. Because you look, you, you you 47 mil over four years for Graham rather than four for eighty-five for ball. And if you could include it, whether it be into that deal, whether it be an extra layer to the Lonzo Ball sign-and-trade or to that Memphis Grizzlies one that gets Adams and, and and Bledsoe out of New Orleans, if you're able to absorb Graham into that trade exception, now the Pelicans can add another player that's making roughly 20 mil per year, give or take. Um, and, and then, you know, you can... <laughs> You can trade and operate over the cap, stay below the luxury tax, and keep your mid-level mm-hmm. exception for a player making mm-hmm. maybe 10 mil a year. And who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe Josh Hart, the longer he's on the market, maybe it is Hart, maybe it's someone else. The biannual exception, right? You you still get to keep that as well. Point being, guys, you can still add three difference makers. One really big one another semi-big one, and then a third one who can at least be in the rotation. You can still do that. That probably isn't possible if you don't include the first-round pick in the Graham deal. That's at least my thinking now. Because if there's any other reason for them to include it, there's no reason that makes sense. It's not like Graham is that good of a player that you have to do that. And I think that's why you know, Ali, myself, and many others that follow this team and this stuff closely keep saying, let's see what the next domino to fall is. Is it, you know, you're adding a 20-year or, uh, or so player, is it a Brogdon? Is it a Buddy Heald, as you mentioned earlier? You know, is it a Harrison Barnes? What in your mind, Ollie, will be that next big domino to fall?
0: They still need to add, I feel like, another backcourt player. Um, when you look at the roster and before the Devontae Graham, I didn't see any, when when you're looking at Nikhil, Kyra Sadoransky and Garrett Temple, I don't know that's worthy of being next to Zion and Brandon Ingram on a team that's hopeful to make the playoffs. So they may have taken care of one now, Graham and sure Nikhil could possibly, I think, grab, you know, the reins of, of a starting guard position with his play, uh, in next preseason, but he's been up and down. Uh, since, since he's arrived in New Orleans, right? He's given us a lot of tasty morsels, good glimpses of play, especially when it hasn't counted. But he also did perform well in his limited time as a starter. So that's still a question. But either way, if you're David Griffin, I don't think you can enter a season with any kind of questions. And he has started the last two seasons, I feel like, with incomplete rosters. So a new start, another starting guard slash wing is necessary, and I think another big. They're still light on bigs, and until Jackson Hayes, uh, you know, situation gets resolved, I'm not sure you can count on Jackson for the full season because the right he may run into some kind of legal trouble. So I wouldn't be surprised if you know Larry Nance maybe gets mentioned again. Um, I had heard the rumors. So yeah, the Pelicans definitely aren't done, Scott. And I had heard that before this Charlotte deal transpired that if New Orleans was to go that route that was likely going to be something complicated. So there, there, there's, without a doubt in my head, that there's going to be definitely more coming. I'm just curious to which deal it's going to get attached to, like you mentioned.
1: Well, Buddy Heels comes comes back after he, you know, got a puppy named it Nola and then was pretty unceremoniously <laughs> traded in the second, um, which made sense at the time, back for Boogie Cousins, if we go back time. time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, Buddy's great shooting. It, it doesn't seem like right now... The Pels are uh, super concerned about, you know, adding really strong defense. I think right now they're trying to look for shooters and, uh, you know, competitors, a veteran like Temple. Uh, they still got a lot of work to do here, Ollie. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I I I understand some of the dismay or disarray from some of the Pelicans fan base last night. I also am sort of on the cusp of saying, look, there's still more to come. And also following this franchise, just worrying it'll just not turn out great. So I'm, I've got it somewhere in between, I guess, so to speak, but they've, they've, they've still got a lot of work to do, man. And I don't know if we find out today, tomorrow, whatever, but th- th- this, this can't be it because they've got, they've got potential exceptions. They've got money to spend. Um, they got, they got work to do, man. They really do.
0: Yeah, Scott, I mean, when you improve just one game in the win-loss column, when you've got Zion on the roster and he, it, it's been known, it's been made known, right? At least through his family that he wants to get in the playoffs and generational guys don't miss the playoffs. And even though some did in the first season or two, guess what? LeBron, Giannis, all those guys, they made it in year three and they seemingly never missed it again. And that's why I think the Pelicans are at. And when you go and you offload your bad contracts, Stephen Adams, uh, Eric Bledsoe, um, for an asset, you've got to think David Graf- Griffin's plan is a lot bigger than what we've seen so far. So everything's pointing to it, Scott. Um, there's a few more key days coming up here, free agency, where there's going to be probably a lot of action. So I would expect by the end of the week, um, maybe by, but let's say Sunday, we'll have a good grasp on what the Pelicans are doing.
1: What are do you... Um... What do you make of Josh Hart's future?
0: You know, I know there was interest that they would bring him back, but I think that was a scenario probably more likely had they added Kyle Lowry to where it would have been a lot more difficult than – because when you're heading like a ship that's probably getting paid between thirty and 35000000 million, got to bring back some of your own. Um, but chances are now I think that he's probably not going to come back. You know, the roster is getting close to 15. I know that they could probably still either trade Iwundu or just wave him because he's making the minimum. Winning Gabriel's contract is not guaranteed. But for the most part, I think 11, 12 players on the roster. So we're getting close. And like I said, there's still 30-some million that they can still utilize. So with how Josh Hart performed, where he's not a reliable three-point shooter. Love his hustle, right? You love what he does bring. He's able to push the ball, be those one-man fast that that can change the momentum. He's still not a top-end defender. I feel like he's better suited to guard threes and fours. And when you combine that with not being able to stay with the faster guys and not shoot the three ball at a good clip, you know you're expendable. So I, I could see Pelicans honestly move on from him to upgrade the position.
1: ESPN fourteen twenty. ESPN fourteen twenty dot com and the ESPN fourteen twenty app. Ollie Cassell has been our guest. It's the great Scott Show. Follow Ollie on Twitter at ollie Cassell O-L-E-H-K-O-S-E-L. Check out the birdrights dot com and podcast the bird calls in O. final question ollie if um if you were in charge what what route are you going for that player you going? You, you're trying to go a brogdon route a heel route it all look i mean like the, realistically guys that you think realistically could still be the target what direction would you move in right now if you were calling the shots
0: it will be, without a doubt, chasing Malcolm Brogdon. Um, he's a guy that can do it on both ends of the floor. You feel more comfortable with him. He's got the size to play with Devontae Graham. You know, he's a strong guard. And we saw what he did in the complimentary role with Milwaukee. You know, his numbers slipped a little bit, especially his efficiency when he hit Indiana because he was asked to do more. I think that wouldn't be the case in New Orleans. I think I I just feel like he's the perfect guy because when you go and look at other players, like say Buddy Heald, who's a great shooter, but won't give anything on defense, or Harrison Barnes, who's just really average across the board, is not really great at one thing, you start running into more problems. I'd rather get a guy that I feel like would really boost this overall team's uh, trajectory, and I think Malcolm Brogdon would be be that player.
1: Yeah, and um, Indiana, you know, they – Called Philly looking to possibly trade him for Simmons. I mean, there's no question uh they are looking to uh to trade him. So we'll see. I know um his agents, you know, they represent uh Graham. I think one of them in Austin Brown has represented Zion as well. So there's there's some synergy on that side of it as well in terms of dealing with the front office. He'd have two more years left on his deal. Um, 28 seems like he's got some potential, you know, better years in front of him, especially in, you know, a complimentary mm-hmm. role as, as the number three guy seems like a good fit. So yeah, I think it would, it would certainly um, fill some of the needs that you talked about. We'll see if that's how it plays out in the meantime, as always, my friend, I appreciate you coming on talking ball and giving us your perspective on everything.
0: Absolutely. Anytime, Scott. And just, please be sure to stay cool. <laughs> I've heard you have had your issues uh, with your AC. Yeah. So that's not the, you know, in the middle of the summer, this heat, ooh, that's a bear.
1: Yeah. It was, uh, it's not fun uh, sleeping um, in uh, 80 plus degrees indoors in the summertime, but you know what? Yeah. I'm just trying to, you know, try just, it's hard sometimes as a Pels fan to be positive, but just trying to be positive, <laughs> right? Just, Hey, I'm losing a little weight throughout the night in my sleep. I mean, if you can <laughs> lose weight while you sleep, that's ideal for many, right?
0: Absolutely, and I like that you look for the bright side because right now we should still remain hopeful. But hey. As Pelicans fans, we've learned you got to keep looking for the bright side. You're, so, you're, yeah, you're I like always
1: that a positive guy that looks for the bright side uh, more than I do anyway, and that's one of the reasons I like to bring you on. All the best, Ali. Appreciate the time, man, and we'll talk again soon, all right? Yes, sir. Have a good morning, Scott. Thank you. That is Ali Cassell of The Bird Rights. Check it out at thebirdrights.com.